So before we get started, I wanted to tell everyone about our new partners, RIS and Cal. You know, they were founded in 2019 by a nurse and a paramedic who wanted to teach their kids about charity, volunteering, and entrepreneurship. Yeah, and right now, portions of their sales are going to the American Red Cross to purchase N95 masks for doctors and nurses who are on the front lines of this COVID-19 pandemic. You know, you're probably asking, what do they sell? Their most popular product is their Frills cell phone accessory line. Basically, these are wireless earbuds, which are a perfect way to listen to your favorite podcast, Beers and Ears. You know, when I got mine, I opened it up and it immediately recognized it on my phone. I used them the entire time I did my spring yard work the other day. Yeah, I just started running and I I took them on a run and they worked fantastic. So listeners of Beers and Ears are getting some special savings. If you go to fourfrills.com slash shop, that is the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S, and at checkout, you enter the coupon code EARS, that is E-A-R-S, you'll get 15% off your order. And also, if you purchase a new set of earbuds, you're going to get a free silicone accessory case and free shipping. We'll put the link in the description of this podcast. And don't forget to use that promo code E-A-R-S. Let's get started with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. And I'm Matt. Hello, everyone. Excited to have you guys here today. Uh, Excited to have the listeners listening in from literally all over the world. We're really pumped. Today, we're going to kind of take it back old school, and we're going to just talk about Disney itself, specifically Disney animation. Matt, you want to tell them what we're doing today? So we've always thrown around kind of the idea of doing a top 10 list. And so Casey and I decided that we were going to do our top 10 Disney characters. Mm -hmm. So this is only Disney animated movies. So this is not Pixar. This is not Marvel. This is not Star Wars. Even live action Disney we're not including in this. Um, And we so we had to shorten it down. Yep. And, and it's important to remember, too, that, again, this list is not comprehensive. It's, it's just kind of our thoughts based on our Disney knowledge. We're going to go from 10 all the way down to one. That doesn't mean the 10th person on this list or the 10th, 10th character on this list is any less important than the, the first character. We actually didn't, even though we set some parameters, you know, some of these I told Matt earlier, some of these may be my, some of my favorite characters, but some of them are not my favorite characters. Some of them, I yes. just, I'm looking at them from different lenses and that's kind of going to be the job that we use as we kind of spell this out. So Matt, uh, before we get started, why don't we crack open a beer and, and then we'll get rolling. How's that sound? Yes, let's do it. Ah. All right. That sounds great. All right. So Matt, I'm going to be the gentleman here and let you go first with your number 10. And we're going to snake draft this. So he'll go 10, then I'll give my 10, then I'll go nine, and then he'll give his nine. And then in the event that we do cross over, which we're fairly certain we will have a couple, uh, we will kind of just let you know where they fell on our list. So Matt, number 10. Yes. And you just referenced this. We don't know each other's lists. We did this blind. All right, so at number 10, this is my only Homer pick. I, I promise you, it, it gets, but I actually have legit reasons. Number 10 is Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. So, is everything ready for tonight? Oh, yeah, I thought we'd start off with soup and a light salad and then see how we feel after that. Not the dinner. Do you know? Oh, right, the poison, the poison for Cusco, the poison chosen specially to kill Cusco, Cusco's poison. 
Bad poison. Yes, bad poison. Oh, goodness. Okay. This is my <laughs> favorite character, but I think he's actually a really interesting character. I don't think he's actually evil. He has an opportunity to kill the main character, Cusco, twice and doesn't do it. His conscience right. takes over and he ends up rescuing him. And it's this really interesting, like, is he actually bad? And... um so it's it, he's he's so interesting to me and just very lovable in the whole movie and really really just fantastic. So th- this is probably my only Homer pick, but I had to fit him in there. Good pick number ten for me. I'm going to go a little bit more serious here. I am choosing number ten, the fairy godmother from Cinderella. Um, I believe in, and we just got done recording our live action Cinderella episode, which is a convince me episode. So you've probably already heard that at this point, but in my opinion, the fairy godmother is quintessential Disney. It is magic. It is fantasy. And let's be honest with you. She has one of the most Disney lines out of everything. Disney and Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. And so for that reason, I believe that the fairy godmother is needs to be on this list. Absolutely. That's a good pick. I like that pick. I think it's really funny too that our of, of our of our characters, the first ones that we picked were side characters, not even main characters. Yeah. Well, I think that's what Disney does so well is yeah. it's not just picking from main characters, it's picking off from all these side characters. Yep. All right. I'm going to go with my number nine now, sir, because we're snaking. Um, and this is, I'm going to cheat just a little bit because even oh, though. Don't worry, I cheat, I cheat okay. later. So, so even though it's only supposed to be one character at a time, I, these two are actually, they're together. And, in my, and these two are Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Come on, everybody. Here we go. Up to Neverland. Uh, because. Tinkerbell, in my opinion, other than Mickey Mouse, is the unofficial mascot of the Walt Disney Company. She's the one who creates the glowing arch over the Walt Disney Pictures logo. She's the one who flies from Cinderella's Castle every night at Walt Disney World. You know, the the song, you can fly, you can fly, you can fly, you know, that is quintessential Disney. And Peter Pan, the ability to fly over London or over your house or just fly. That is every little boy and girl's dream. And so for that reason, I believe Peter Pan and Tink are uh, number nine on my list. It's interesting because I read a biography on Walt Disney and he never really warmed up to Peter Pan. He didn't really, really? like him. Huh, yeah. Just, he just, he just kind, kind of, of felt like he was kind boy. of weird. Yeah, yeah. Like just kind of weird. And even the first image that you see of him in that film, he's kind of scary. So he is a little um, bit. I agree. Tinkerbell yeah. though. I mean, Tink, she is like the unofficial mascot, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So my number nine is Merlin from Sword in the Stone. Hockety, hockety, wockety, whack. Abber, 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 neck. Shrinking size, very small. We got to save enough room for all. He gets a spigot, a spigot, a spigot. All right. Uh, this, this is a character that I came to late. I didn't see Sword of the Stone until I was an adult. But he has this really fun aloofness about him, okay. yet he's in total control. I mean, he, similar to the fairy godmother, he's your quintessential magic person, the mentor um, you know, bringing along Arthur on his journey. But he's just got this like fun aspect uh, to him as well, where he's he's... He's magical and, and, and he's just very fun. He's a very fun character. 
And they're he, starting to put him into more like stuff. Yeah, he's kind of got that like jovial, you know, just high energy. You know, again, I've not seen Sword and Stone, but I know enough about it just from you because I know how much you like that movie and that character that Merlin is kind of an exciting character. In fact, I think I even bought the Merlin Wisdom plush when Disney Store came out with it. That was one of the few that I bought. Yeah, I, I, I just really, I'm, I really like him as a character. So I, I stuck him at number nine. So I'll All move right, on with cool. number eight. Yeah, I'll move on with number sure. eight then. Uh, number eight is Winnie the Pooh for me. Oh, mine too. He was my number eight as well. Oh, that is amazing. We are so in sync. This is why we're, we're doing a podcast together. All right, well, tell me your reasons and I'll give you mine. He has a, ch- well, first of all, Jim Cummings. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, let's just take, let's just pause here and say that Jim's, Jim Cummings is amazing. As far as my resume, you you don't know me, but you know Tigger and Winnie the Pooh. I think it goes something like this, but I can only do it for a small smackerel of honey. Um, everything he does um, is wonderful. He um, he just learned that he voices one of my favorite Star Wars characters from the Clone Wars, and now I love that character even more. And so it it's it's fantastic. But Pooh has a childlike wisdom about him that he says things. And you just go, oh, oof, oh, it, it, it hits you where you're like, oh, goodness. And this is not just in the original um, animated films, but also in the Christopher Robin movie where he said a couple things yeah. and you're like, wow, that's really profound. And I, I also know this yeah. is biased because my my daughter is very much into Winnie the Pooh. She can pick out who Pooh and Tigger and Eeyore are, and that's just really sweet. Well, you know, and that and that actually is the reason why I think I probably put him on this list. I'm going to be very upfront and honest. I myself am not a Winnie the Pooh fan. I'm not a fan of the franchise. It's okay. I did see the Christopher Robin movie. I thought it was adorable. But I am not a diehard Pooh fan. But I know there's a huge following of people who are. And I think that's what put it at number eight on my list, which is that, you know, it's not originally a Disney property, you know, Disney kind of came in, they bought the rights to it and they've had it ever since. Right. But it, it's one of those things that it introduces Disney to a very young age. I'm talking infants. I mean, if I think about some of the, the, the clothing that the Disney store sells or really anything that sells any place that sells Disney clothing, a lot of the infant and toddler clothes are almost always the springtime based around Winnie the Pooh characters, right? That's because it's a very recognizable face. It's a very recognizable franchise. And to this day, people come in looking for those Winnie the Pooh plush. It's one that we consistently sell out of. We sold out over Christmas time. We only just recently, within the last couple of weeks, got replenished on the regular Winnie the Pooh character, right? So well, I agree with you. It's got a ton of staying power. Well, and it's the one film from that era that really has the staying power. You think of the films from that area, from that era of Disney not many of them have the staying power that Winnie the Pooh has. So really coming out of a period where Disney wasn't necessarily rocking it. All right. Very good. Um, Moving to number seven, I'm going to give you my number seven here. Um, Number seven for me is going to be out of left field. You're going to go, whoa. And that (laughs) is Orange Bird. Orange Bird from the parks. Whoa. Uh Uh-huh. Sorry, you said I was going to do it, so I had to deliver. Yes, there you go. So I'm actually staring at my Orange Bird plush and my (laughs) Orange Bird Zoom Zoom right now. Um, Here's why Orange Bird deserves to be on this list. First and foremost, for those of you who don't know Orange Bird is, he was created by the Florida Citrus Commission, 
and was originally meant to sponsor the Enchanted Tiki Room. So, you know, Walt Disney World was built in 1971. You know, during that time, you know, Walt had passed away. They were struggling with some animated characters at that point. There wasn't a lot of good stuff coming out of the studio. So it was a partnership between Walt Disney and the Florida Citrus Commission. And this was an actual character that you could meet at the parks. Um, it is the unofficial mascot of of um, the, the sun, Sunshine Tree Terrace, where you can get a citrus swirl. And it really was kind of one of the the really unique characters that you could only get at the parks much like figment is to epcot orange bird is to magic kingdom it's very similar to what they did with duffy the bear in tokyo disney they tried to bring it over to the magic kingdom and disney world and it didn't work out as well but you have these uniquely animated characters that are only available based on the parks but it is still an animated character. He he would do animated shorts. He had, he did uh, sponsorships with Magic Kingdom, the Florida Citrus Commission, to drink more orange juice and more citrus juice. So for that reason, I think that in terms of Disney history, Orange Bird deserves a spot on this list. Interesting. Interesting. Love it. All right. So my number seven is my only villain. Ooh. And it is Hades Ooh. from Hercules. All right. All right. You're going you're gonna to notice a theme. Um voice acted wonderfully by James Woods. Just one of, one of the villains that you almost want to like, you're like, Oh, this guy's fun and awesome. And I love what's going on here. Um, I just think he's a really, he's a really fun character. And uh, I I, I really don't have much else to say besides that. He's just so fun and so well voice acted as the villain character in that one that I had to stick him in there. I love it. I think it's great. I got a villain coming up a little bit later. So, all right, all right. You're, up, you're up on number six, sir. Number six is Flynn Rider slash Eugene Fitzherbert from Tangled. Interesting choice. Yes, I love Tangled. I love it. That is is a fantastic movie, and I think this is a really great character. He is kind of the one of the first male characters in Disney to show like feelings okay where he starts out I'm Flynn Rider I'm this suave ladies man and I'm gonna charm these women and steal things and then halfway through the movie which is why he's two different names he reveals to Rapunzel like no my name's Eugene Fitzherbert I I'm I just wanted to be cool and Eugene was not a cool name and so it's one of the first, it, to my knowledge, one of the first times that it wasn't just, I am the manly man character, that you really got a, a f- feelings-based male character. And I think that's really cool. And he's just really funny to me. Even I've watched a little bit of Tangled the series as well, where Zachary Levi, who voices him, returns, as does Mandy Moore, who voices Rapunzel. And he's just, he's funny. He's witty and very good lines that they write for him and delivered. So for that reason, he's my number six. Beautiful. I love it. All right. My number six, I'm going to give you the quote that this particular character is absolutely famous for because it's one of the best quotes in all of Disney history. Although you may not know it because you've not seen this movie. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I'm not Uh bad. I'm just drawn that way. 
And that is, of course, a quote from Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. She is my number six pick. In fact, I was looking some stuff up on her. She is actually named as a top, I want to say, five animated character of all time uh, among different people who pick these things. But here's why I think she is, is amazing. You don't hear the words sex symbol in Disney in the same sentence very often. Um, she's drawn as kind of a femme fatale. Uh, she's described by Robert Zemeckis, the, the, the director of Who Framed Roger Abic, as the ultimate male fantasy drawn by a cartoonist. Her dress is recognized as one of the most recognizable outfits worn by an animated character up there next to Snow White. She was a female hero, heroine or heroine before you had the likes of, of, I mean, even before, this was before uh, Little Mermaid, before Ariel, before, before Rapunzel, before Tiana, before you had that strong female character, you had Jessica Rabbit. In a lot of ways, I feel that she paved the way for your female characters coming, going forward. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, again, I have not seen the movie, so. Um... Just wait. I can't wait for you to see it. We're going to be doing uh here's a little bit of a spoiler guys. We're going to be doing a, a who framed Roger rabbit episode uh, watch where Matt has not seen the movie coming up um, in the next couple of episodes. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. It'll be good. All right. My number five is my villain on the list. And that is Ursula. My dear, sweet child, that's what I do. It's what I live for, to help unfortunate merfolk like yourself. Poor souls with no one else to turn to. Ursula. Good choice. She is an amazing villain with an amazing backstory. And a lot of people don't realize that Ursula is actually based on a drag queen named Divine. And Pat Carroll, the one who voiced her, was not the original actress who they wanted to have voice that character. You know who they actually um, originally wrote that character for? I don't. B. Arthur, the Dorothy, who plays Dorothy in um, The Golden Girls. Gee, if I close my eyes, I can, I can hear her saying... <laughs> Come on, you snot-nosed little rugrats. Pick up those jacks. They're puncturing holes in my tires. Whatever happened to her? She colonized life on Venus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you imagine? Could you imagine her playing that part? She would have been amazing. Apparently, she was offered the part, and then she read for the part, and then she turned it down. Is what is what I said. Yeah. So she was offered the part. There were a couple of others, but ultimately Pat Carroll did it and delivers just absolutely one of the best performances um, uh, of a a Disney villain out there. In fact, her line. And don't underestimate the importance of body language. (laughs) Never underestimate the importance of body language is absolutely (laughs) one of the best villains line in disney history she is much like hades well hades is like the villain that you want to like she's a villain that you love to hate and yeah absolutely i just you just absolutely love and her laugh her laugh is just one of the the greatest laughs out there so she's my number five love it all right, we're in our top fives now, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, because that was number five for you. 
Yep. All right. So playing off of my last pick, which was Flynn Rider, Eugene Fitzherbert, I have Rapunzel coming in at five. I think she, the joy that she has and the innocence that she has in the world is really awesome. Her, I, her, I'm just going to try everything. I'm going to make the best of what's going on, no matter what's, what's happening. You know, the opening song of I'm trapped in this tower, but here's the stuff that I do and I'm, I'm having a good time with it. And her fearlessness as she gets out there and just like walks up to these mean looking people and is like, Hey, do you have, do you have a dream? And then goes into one of the great Disney songs. I think I know. Deep inside, I've got a dream. He's got a dream. He's got a dream. CIA that's cruel and vicious as I see. Though I do like breaking femurs, you can count me with the dreamers. Like everybody else, I've got a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. I love that theme song so much. Great song. And I, I think her arc of she's kind of meek as she comes out of the tower, like, oh my goodness. And then just the pure joy and grasping of life that she takes afterwards is just a really, makes her a really awesome character. Number four, this is where my cheat of two characters. All right. All right. <laughs> and I have Anna and Elsa as I my have them four. at number three. I have them at number three. So we weren't too far apart on that one. <laughs> I I think their their relationship together but also individually they're clearly two separate characters but they're two separate things. Yep. They feel well developed. The idea that the true love is between siblings and not from a man and don't get me wrong there's still like the love story between Anna and Kristoff and that's awesome. I like that arc as well, but it focuses more on these sisters and that's really really cool they the animators do such a nice job the voice actors do such a nice job at um, making them feel like real people where in frozen 2 i remember getting a little bit emotional where i'm like oh yeah i'm a part of this family like i'm i'm here with olaf and Kristoff and sven and anna and elsa and and i think it's the relationship that they did between these two sisters that makes that possible it's funny literally Again, I have them at number three. Again, Elsa and Anna. Um, you know, one additional thing that I'll add to that, because everything you just said is what I had on this this list as well. The thing that I'll add to that is that you just can't deny the popularity of it. I, I, Frozen 2 is the number one anime, animated movie of all time in terms of gross ticket sales. Uh, beyond that, Frozen number one, it, it stayed in theaters for months for months and has the most recognizable theme song in the history of all songs, which didn't let it go. There's, I mean, that earworm parents all around the globe were, were frustrated with Disney. I mean, there were people who were claiming that Disney put some kind of a hidden message into that, the music of that movie uh, to make their kids want to listen to it day in and day out, day in and day out. So you can't deny the popularity that the frozen franchise brought uh, to the, to, 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 I mean, just to Disney in general. And, you know, again, I, I completely agree with you that the, the arc of, you know, their, their sisters and that's where the true love is at. It's with family. And I also think it's important to realize that every little boy and girl can find, they can either find that they are an Elsa or that they're an Anna, that, that, you know, Elsa has unique traits and Anna has unique traits and Disney does a, such a great job at bringing out those traits in both of those characters. So I am hundred percent in agreement with you on Anna and Elsa. Yeah. So okay. who is your number four? 
So my number four is Tiana. Tiana. Morning, Mr. LaBeouf. Good morning, Tiana. Congratulations on being voted King of the Mardi Gras Parade. Caught me completely by surprise. For the fifth year in a row. <laughs> you know, when you think about Tiana, she is the first African-American princess that Disney releases. Long overdue, actually. And, and, you know, I think what I love about Tiana is that she comes to us, you know, this is about 11 years ago now. She comes to us, and at the end of it all, even though her and Naveen end up being very happy together, she's still about pursuing her own dreams. She's still about pursuing her own career. She opens up her restaurant, um, you know, and I also think that there's something to be said about the fact that that Princess and the Frog makes a return to traditionally hand-drawn animation, too, which, uh, you know, the first time it had happened since, unfortunately, Home on the Range, which was such a horrible movie, uh, but <laughs> it had a traditional hand-drawn animation. And I remember watching Princess and the Frog about six months ago, six months ago going, wow, this is a great movie. The music, the animation, the characters, the story. Tiana is one of those princesses that comes into her own and she has a lot of staying power. She has a lot of people who love her because of who she is. So I think for that reason, she is absolutely top four on my list. I, I absolutely agree. She's, she's in the top tier of Disney princesses, in my opinion. So for my number three, it is Baymax from... Big Hero 6. Good choice. I think that he is the perfect combination of cool and cute. <laughs> where, where you have this like person, or not person, he's a robot that gets in this armor and does all this really cool stuff. Healthcare professional. Hello, I am Baymax, your personal healthcare companion. I was alerted to the need for medical attention when you said, Ow. Healthcare companion, yes, where he go. gets in this armor and flies around all this stuff, but then you have the like, have a lolly. And the, <laughs> it seems like your temperature is higher. And it just, everything about him is just huggable and, um, and you want, like, you want a Bayamex in your house. Yes. You I agree. want you Bayamex know, to live in your house. It's funny because one of my favorite scenes with him is actually not even from Big Hero 6. It is one of the, I, I, the Disney store played it, but I think it was on the Disney channel. It is one of the Halloween little clips when the hat box ghost, uh, his head, his head comes off and goes into the hat box and Baymax goes, Oh no, it appears you are suffering a medical emergency. Please remain calm while I attempt to reattach your head. I just think he just you want to love him so much. He's so huggable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just think he is so so good. Um, one of a, a great modern character in Disney. Uh, I believe number two is yours, my friend. Have at it. All right. So for me, number two is Sorcerer Mickey. Uh, I almost had him on my list, but I said I was not going to put Mickey on my list, but go ahead. So I, I cheated a little bit because Sorcerer Mickey, so I want to focus mostly just on Sorcerer Mickey, though. Go ahead. Um, like, don't get me wrong, Mickey as a whole, like, I mean, he's clearly the, in the top tier of, of Disney. Like, let's just put that out there. He's, he's there. But Sorcerer Mickey was really what propelled him into more fame. When he was, when Walt Disney was doing... Fantasia, he was looking for a way to make Mickey come out of just these short little cartoons and onto the big screen. And this is what he ultimately decided. And I would argue outside of the classic look, which is, you know, your yellow shoes, red pants, white gloves, 
this is the most recognizable Mickey for the common person. I know we keep teasing this on this podcast, but Fantasia will also be another episode that we do at some point because that's, I love that movie. All right. My number two, and I'm going to again, read one of this particular character's lines. This one you will absolutely get. Ohana means family and family means no one gets left behind. Even though he is not. That was fantastic. Okay. Bravo. Okay. So (laughs) clap, clap, clap. Even though he is not one of my favorites, I've never been a Lilo and Stitch fan myself. I recognize how big of an impact he has culturally, pop culturally, among what is generally that preteen fan base and beyond. Stitch is the number one selling plush at the Disney store. I know you know that from working there. We sell more Stitch than any other plush at the store, Um, sometimes two or three times as much. He is the most requested character. Whenever we get anything in of Stitch, it sells immediately. Um, And I think it has that lasting power of that it's okay to be a little bit different and that family can come in all shapes and sizes. And Stitch, I mean, of course, he's cute and cuddly, but I think that just the message that movie has and the message that Stitch brings is what makes it um, such such an amazing, makes him such an amazing character for Disney. Yeah, he's another one like Winnie the Pooh that came out of an era that Disney was swinging and missing. So he's kind of this one. I think one of the reasons why he's so popular is he comes out of this generation that didn't have that many characters to latch on to. And he was the one. I mean, they did TV shows about I mean, they had a long TV show or TV series about Lilo and Stitch for a while. And and made multiple sequels and all this other stuff. So yeah, absolutely. He's definitely one of the most popular characters, which surprises a lot of people when I tell them that. All right. We have made it to number one. Technically in the snake draft, I'm supposed to go next, but I'm going to be kind and I'm going to let you say yours first. So for me, number one is the genie from Aladdin. He's also my number one as well. (laughs) Dude, Funny, too funny. The genie from Aladdin. All right, go ahead, buddy. Tell me why, and I'll tell you mine. Ten thousand years will give you such a crick in the neck. Hang on a second. Whoa! Wow! Does it feel good to be out of there? I'm telling you, nice to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, where are you from? What's your name? Casey, I, I did poo. Go ahead and uh, uh, l- let me hear your your reasoning for this one. Two words. Robin Williams. <laughs> he, there is no mistaking that Robin Williams is what made this character this character. You know, we talked in the last podcast, the one, uh, the Condense Me episode, you know, if you've not listened to this, I'm sorry, this is one of Matt's points. I'm going to go ahead and just bring it up now about how live action Cinderella uh, kind of has that old school Disney magic. Aladdin 
for me is the movie of the 90s of really of my entire lifetime that has that Disney magic. It is, in my opinion, I know you've heard me use this word a couple times, the quintessential Disney movie that brought the magic back to the studios and to the parks. And it would not be the movie it is without the genie. He is to the millennial generation as Mickey Mouse was to boomers and the generation before. If Mickey Mouse ever decided to retire, Genie <laughs> could easily, easily be the mascot for the Walt Disney Company moving forward. Can you make me a prince? Oh, let's see. Chicken a la king? <laughs> what? No. Yeah, that's king crap. I hate when they do that. Caesar salad. <laughs> a du brute? Nope. Aha. To make a prince. Make me a prince. All right! Yo, yo, woo, woo, woo. First! That fez and vest combo is much too third century. These patches, what are we trying to say? Beggar? No. Let's work with me here. Yeah, absolutely. But also, how the animators were able to draw all of the stuff that Robin Williams was doing. Because this is all rift. I mean, this movie almost... This movie almost didn't qualify for best original screenplay because most of it wasn't written down. (laughs) And so for them to take Robin Williams's riffing and to animate it in a way that encompasses the character is really, really fantastic. And just he he is I'm going to copy you and the the listeners are going to be tired of hearing this quintessential Disney. So I, I really do think that um, Genie is my number one. I, I Anytime I'm watching Aladdin, and even, let me say this too, Robin Williams comes back for Aladdin, the King of Thieves, the third one. If you have not seen that movie, he riffs a Mrs. Doubtfire impression. He does a Disney <laughs> synergy rant. It is an amazing movie you need to i I, honestly this uh, it's so great it's so great go go and watch that be really mostly just because of you get to hear more robin williams genie listen to genie dear genie knows you've got to get your mind off this incessant waiting for those of you who have seen happily ever after at the magic kingdom that the, there's a scene in there about halfway through where where they talk about characters and side characters and stuff and having a friend by your side and trust me having a best friend by your side opens up a whole new world of possibilities <laughs> Robin Williams, his his voice. Now, mind you, this movie debuted, I want to say, two years after Robin, or not the movie, but the show debuted two years after Robin Williams, unfortunately, passed away. And and really, up until that point, you didn't hear a lot of stuff from Robin Williams in Disney rides and Disney experiences and things, partly because Robin didn't want his voice used unless he was very, very 
particular about that, very strict about it. But they used it here as a almost a tribute to him. And, and it says a lot that whenever I see that show, whether it's online or in person, that scene where he shows up gets some of the loudest applause out of all of the scenes when he shows up on the screen and, and you see him dancing on the castle and all that stuff. And, and that just says a lot about how beloved this character truly is. And I think that for a lot of people, myself included, the reason why we can put Jeannie at the top of the list is because we, we believe that Jeannie is one of the characters that can make all of the fantasy, all of the magic, all the make-believe that Disney stands for come true. It's yeah, like he's, absolutely. He's, he's, he's meta-aware of everything going on in the Disney universe because he shows it in some of the, in some of the movies, right? He, again, he did the Disney synergy uh, riff. He did the, you know, he showed Pinocchio in the original Aladdin. So he is meta aware of what is going on in a lot of ways. He's like the, 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 the G rated version of Deadpool. He's aware that he's in a movie, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyway, yeah. So, that's awesome. I think this was fun. I really liked our top 10 list, Matt. Um, I'm looking at the time. It looks like it's closing time. So we've got to close up shop. Uh, can you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of us? Absolutely. So this is a great episode. If you've got a top 10, somebody we missed, please let us know. Email us beersandears1928 at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, beersears1928. Uh, we'll share some content there as well. And um, Facebook group. We got a Facebook group uh, that is a Beers and Years podcast. Please join in. This is a great way to interact with us. Please um, uh, tweet at us, tag us on Instagram, comment on Facebook things, email us. Please, we, we really do want to hear from you. Yeah, I agree. Well, this has been a lot of fun, everybody. We appreciate you sticking around with us, listening to our top 10. And uh, we're going to say good night. We'll see you the next time we have our next episode. Have a great day, everybody. See you next time.